Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to Sin and you're listening to the voice of Noda Costa. I'm here with the fantastic Marzi. And we are here with one of Australia's bright, shining stars, you know? When you look up in the sky, you see you see one of the bright stars. He's one of the bright ones. Um, it's Boy Soda. How are you today, man? Hey, introduce me. I'm a constellation. I love that, man. I'm good, have man. To, I'm chilling. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming through, man. I mean, it's uh, it's always a pleasure to catch, catch up and chat. I guess I want to kick off with it. I'll start off real simple. How's South by Southwest been? We got to see you perform uh, two days ago from the time of recording, and it was fantastic. You killed it. Hey man, it's been lots of fun. It's it's just great to see that uh, you're always staying so connected with the people around you in the in the community. I know that you've referenced you know being a bit more introverted and, and staying away so much from like sort of the public space to a certain degree. But it, when it comes to creative things, you've definitely got that community and you're, you're definitely keeping those people around you and cultivating that space. Uh, what what is that like for you as well? Just making sure that the the, the people around you or like everybody's moving in that same direction and you and you're keeping that team. Hey, man, I think it's been like an important year for me just, you know, going through moments of differentiating, being alone and feeling lonely um, and really enjoying my own space. And I think it kind of just brought me into this this mindset of like knowing what I will tolerate and won't tolerate or what's for me or not for me, you know, which I think is a less uh, emotional way to look at it. You know, it's like it's not for you. It's not a bad thing. It's just not meant for you. So I think on some like, on an intuition tip, it just helps me know when the people around me are the people that I need around me, you know? Even in situations like this, it's like even if we weren't, you know, all three of us weren't hustling in our respective rights and like moving parallel and meeting each other at different points along the way, it's like it's still people like you guys that I meet and like you just go, I just know that we have like a similar brain or like a similar perspective. Sometimes I don't see people very often. Like I, I see y'all when I'm in Melbourne or when you're here or like, Pania, you know, I see it at the most random times as well, but it's like, I know that you have this like, knowing inside your body that made you pursue this creative career or move the way you're moving. Yeah. And I can relate to that. And, you know, I think just a deep level of respect for all of those things is kind of what carries these like low maintenance friendships and relationships. Cause it's always, you know, you don't have to see each other all the time, but to when tip of the hat is like, I see you, Yeah. like, yeah. go on. And you've just reminded me as well, I can't believe that I, for, I forgot about this for all of two days. <laughs> it's just been a whirlwind here at, at Sydney, but we, we've known each other for ages too. Because I interviewed you back in 2020, like when, like Crazy. before, before the glow up, like before you put out those tracks, like way back. Yeah, I, man. I, I, that, man, we're all here right now. That, that's, that's the crazy. cool thing about these things. We see each other at different points and it's like, oh, you know, even people I went to uni, like I'll, I like, I'll do radio things and they'll be there as well, you know, hustling in their own right. And it's just, it's just nice, man. It's like everyone chose the, the non-stability option in the name of passion and, and what feels good and stuff. So you need people around you to be like, cool, cool. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Absolutely. I, th I think there's an e element of like, it's kind of also like a safe space too. Cause like kind of constantly moving up, like it's like there are more and more rooms where it's like there are more and more, you know, for lack of a better word, suits, execs, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, there's a sense of comfort when you're in a place and it's like, I mean, I'll say South by South is a pretty comfortable environment because there are so many like of us creators around, mm. like it's, it's pretty good, but it's just like, it's it's just, it's even like, I, I imagine like at that, the last show, you know what I mean? You had the head of Warner like, kind of like open, or like, you know, host, host, for you, mm. host for you. And then I know you were chill, you look like you have the time of your life, but like, 
obviously your people in the audience, you know what I mean? Like I was just seeing obviously Dean, you know what I mean? Obviously you had your, obviously you had the amazing band. It was, well, it was Finbar, Lani, uh, Hugo on the drums. And what was the guitarist's Christoph, name? Christoph, man. Uh, Christoph, like, Christoph. Uh, you know, it was amazing. And it was just like, it's just nice when you can kind of, it's, you're moving up and you're saying, okay, cool. Like there are still, cause it's not always like that. Sometimes you're in a place where it feels a bit techy, you know? Yeah, mm. man. I think it's always funny differentiating the creative side to the business side of music because the business side of music feels you know, necessary, but so like unrelated because the people that are servicing and pushing the music as a, as a product generally, or in, in my experience, feel like they lack the understanding of like the why for us or, or not even that, like they can be super empathetic and understand, you know, creative blocks or wanting to do this and what feels right. And at the end of the day, you know, their objectives for their job are different. You know, ours yep. is ours is output and release and catharsis and theirs is like yep. exposure and money. And timeline as well. Yeah. And it's like easy to like be, oh, ma, 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 like, you know, like this isn't why I did it. But I think that's why, like you said, Noah, having people around you that are doing the same things, moving the same way, you know, sharing different energy or just at least share similar intentions is really important because you know the music business people may never understand us but it, that shouldn't change you know our output at the same time so yeah yeah man it's just nice to be like interwebbed with with all these other people who are having the same conversations and you know tossing up the same things sure. especially when it comes to business versus creativity and artistry sure. yeah sure. absolutely i want to move further into that sort of creativity side of things as well right let's now. move it in and talk about the <laughs> and, and talk about your process around the sonics uh we mentioned finbar a second ago you know uh on stage is steven he's does great a great job on the keys but he, he's also a phenomenal phenomenal producer and when the stuff that you guys do together in the studio i mean you make magic it's 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 undeniable it's great to see obviously not the only producer that you work with but what is that process like for you getting in with uh with people that have their own creative ideas and and meeting them in the middle perhaps or like putting your own energy and ideas out there and creating something towards a common goal man i think a lot of creators and artists look for their their people that really get them you know you see a lot of people moving in sydney um friday zion garcia zion solly dylan atlantis like you yeah. see them all like in-house like producing for each other on each other's <laughs> material <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just like you can tell that you know everything's in house and they got each other and they understand each other on that level and it's so nice to like see people find their people and that's what that's what mm. Finbar is for me you know mm. just on a musical level and an emotional level we just have this understanding that just you know brings the most beautiful things to fruition and, and stuff that I've been wanting to make for a long time too so you know, I'm very lucky to also live with that man. And, you know, I meet a lot of people coming into our house through Finn as well. You know, I come home from work and there's six people in the studio. And I'm like, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Right. And then, you know, next minute you're at their gigs or, you know, I'm stealing their band, which is what pretty much <laughs> what happens, you know. I met a lot of those cats through Finn. So it's um it's super important, man. And it's just very validating and, and comforting because it's, you know, once you find your people, it's like, even if, nothing goes right no numbers run up no money gets made like i know that this feels so incredible and 100%. like on a purpose level this is the kind of music that i dropped everything to to make you know so 100 if the world ends at least i've got people like finn 100 <laughs> man it's been a big year in in a, in a lot of good ways where there me some really big moments where like i thought i was looking at some like kind of major life change it had really had me asking like like if it all stopped or ended now, would I be satisfied with what I've done? It's like, and it's mm. like if the answer, if you kind of take away the, 
you know the trajectory of it and just look in the moment and the now and it's like it's like that you'd hope the answer in my case i looked around and i was actually able to say oh actually yes and it's funny since coming to that zen point it's like <laughs> it's zen almost point, just like eh? it's like more came from that being at that point where it's like it's it kind of almost brought me back down to earth and was like and then more stuff kept happening and so that's it's, yeah it's cool to hear how, like, it's that wavelength and, and i feel like it really emanates from you as well dude that's such a like that's something i think about often like that mm. specifically it's like when stuff doesn't feel like it's moving so easy to get into this this mind state where you're like ah nothing's working la 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 and then your whole energy that you're outputting is just like resistance because you're frustrated or you're impatient and all these mm. things and you reach your zen point and you kind of just say you know what what happens will happen yeah and then for some reason you reaching that point in your head just like I don't know, even on like an energetic level, it allows all these doors to open for you. 100%. And it's like, why when it's hard, is it so hard for it to be to be good? And yeah. then when I find a release, everything is attracted to me again. Yeah. You know, it's such a weird phenomenon, but I think that's like something that in my head, I imagine people go to therapy for years yeah. to like yeah. try and figure out, yeah. man. Hey, well, look, I, like I am in therapy, so, so it's, it's- Hey, we love to hey, hear shout, it. It's, it's know what a cost is emotionally available, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a relationship. I'm in a relationship. He's in a relationship, but he's an emotionally available man, okay? <laughs> exactly. Platonically, if you want to if you, if you have an emotional conversation, absolutely. But um, Sexy not for sale, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me blush. Don't make me blush. Um, but you know, on the topic of, um, of of kind of reaching that point, man. I mean, with your most recent release, Sip, incredible track. I think one of my favorites uh, of the year. It's definitely like at least at, for Australia, definitely. But I think overall, like I think it's it's really in there. Such a brilliant song. Um, obviously, you linked up with um, Rob Amaruso, who's a Nam legend, and Pip Norman. I'm not sure where Pip is from actually. Um, um, I believe he's Nam as well. Okay, he yeah. Might be from a different state, but. I'm since I've known they've both been both been now. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. Well, either way, incredible song. I think that I mean you've been making fire music for a while, but so there's something about this this particular song was like it just seems like just the last. It just seems like something's kind of really just kind of clicked and almost crystallized in a sense. Can you mm. talk to us a little bit about um, what the process has been like in in the lead up to sip and and, and what the energy's been like um, in the aftermath? Crystallized. I love that word, bro. It definitely feels like a song that crystallized for sure. It was just one of those really good sessions where i think you just tap in with your producers on a mental level like i think i remember i asked them, i was like just show me your weirdest samples like the stuff you've got in your folders where you're like i hope someone just wants to like give this a go and we were going through all these weird sounds and both of them in their own right like they're an amazing team but they're also both so open and so like experimental to different sounds like Pip has this like big pedal board and he's like putting sounds into the iPad and then airdropping them to Rob and just like, you know, going through these crazy, crazy effects, which is how we kind of landed on this song, which is so high energy and so sporadic at times, but like super on the leash about when it gets let go and, you know, yep. when it's confined, like yep. even to the point of, you know, I love getting nerdy about songwriting too, because I care about it so much. Please do. I would have discussions with them about this is the verse, let's not like add any runs, let's keep the melody super harsh and super like simple here and let's make the lyrics super digestible here because when we get to verse two, we're kind of like going off the rails and getting a bit sporadic and you know, um, just finding the light and shade in all of that, especially with a song where there's so much going on was like so much fun to figure out on like a problem solving level and just super validating and like exciting to to like find it, you know? It's so like we Absolutely. found how far left and how far right we were gonna go with, but the middle was super blurry. And yeah. having those two boys as, you know, my torches through that was yeah. just 
so easy and so much fun to do. Yeah. For real. Spe speaking kind of anecdotally on a songwriting tip as well, like mm. I can I can hear the math in that. Like when I listen to that <laughs> cool. track, like and it's not it's not distracting in any way. It's it it really actually for me it helps me appreciate a song even more. Just even just to hear the like like Oh, cool. Now we're stuck in on this bit and yeah. that's the bit that's gonna like push through. <laughs> like that sort of thing is like, yeah, it's it's very very methodical approach that I yeah, now that you're saying it in this context, it makes perfect sense. Like cool. you've 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 been thinking through it. You you do this. <laughs> you yeah, truly yeah. yeah. You truly know what's up and it's it's great as well that you had those producers around you to help sort of consolidate mm. where you wanted to take those sounds. I will say as well that uh SIP, not only does it sound new and refreshing uh like just conceptually and in the and in the process of the, of the production but also to some extent in terms of genre and and the kind of bag that you're in like this is a little different from what you've done up until this point is a little bit like there's still got some r&b sensibilities to mm. it but you're you're kind of starting to do a little bit of fusion get a bit of mishmash in there and it's it's really great to hear and, and it's really exciting to hear i want to hear a little bit about that process for you of, of like discovering the sound and and where you want to take it in the future man i'm so cruisy with that aspect of my music. I call myself R&B or I get labeled as R&B because it's the closest thing and I don't mind, you know, if me being slightly more digestible to get someone to click and then make their own decision about the music will, will always be okay with me. Um, but I think my music it will always be a fusion of things and a hybrid of things. Like I, on the second verse of any song, I, unless I'm doing a pop top line, I'm, I'm changing the melody, you know, I'm going off the rails because my brain wants something different. And I just think the output, you know, I never go into sessions expecting the song to necessarily be mine even. I just go in there wanting to make what the product is of, you know, whoever, whoever's in the room. I think it's selfish to assume that it'll always be a song, song for me. You know, I'm just trying to go in there, receive some information and then see what the output is. So it's nice just, I think, getting better at songwriting and getting better at singing and storytelling, you know, my... I want the substance of my songs to change a bit more now that I'm getting older and I want it to be more true and talk about my family and my relationship with my, you know, Samoan heritage as well, mm. because I've been quite disconnected from that my whole life. So there's all these things that just are naturally coming into my life. And I think depending on what those events or those sources of inspiration are, they just kind of lend themselves to different genres or different, you know, colors in the music. So mm. it's never really a planned thing. It's just, a point where I'm like, oh, I got sip, like that's a banger. Like if I could, I would give that to Justin Bieber because I would love to hear him sing it kind of mm. thing, you know? So I don't think too hard about that stuff. Mm. But it's nice to feel so seen as well. You know, you breaking down all the music because I know that, you know, consumers don't necessarily see it on that level and yeah. they don't have to, it's not their responsibility. But it's nice to nerd out sometimes. Well, it's, it's the great thing about that track is that I think it just works so well on both levels. I mean, you mentioned that like it, it's, it's you're trying to like just there's so much happening in it but um i think one of the things i noticed immediately about the song on the first listen was just there was just this real tight polish to it obviously we're a shout out to whoever mixed it as well that was uh, rob bro yeah like it's, it's rob and it's, pip again they went that start to finish incredible incredible you mentioned that you know you want to you said you in passing kind of want to get better at singing obviously it grows and us in general mm. that caught my eye because i'm just like how much better can you get <laughs> but then you said like you know you want to start talking about things that are more um true to you and and do more your Samoan heritage and and, and mm. how um, you were quite disconnected, which I didn't actually know that about you. I don't know how much time we have to get into the, the details of that, but it makes me think, 
when you say get better at singing, are you talking about vocally because you have a very extensive range already, or are you talking about more emotionally? Like, what, what does getting better at singing mean? I think just like all around, like mm. if I look back at my discography for the past two or three years, like my voice changes every year. Mm. Like, I think the thing I notice physically is my awareness of tone. Yeah, you know, I start wanting like raspier things, or I start wanting mm. to like learn how Ennis and Pac or Miguel like push their vocals so it crunches a little bit and yeah. you get like that natural natural compression and distortion that singers can do with their voices. Believability, like performances of a song, like I know I can body and sing a song really well, but then there's something to be said about how you're recording it, what you're thinking of at the time, like your awareness of dynamics. Like maybe I want it to sound like my mouth is right behind the membrane of the speaker, you yeah. know? And then at the end of the song, I wanted to feel like the mic's in the room and you can feel the cathedral or the, mm. the room that I'm emulating. It's just like an awareness of that and a willingness to let my knowledge and awareness of that to become better as well. So, you know, I think I can be get back better at singing. I listen to Dean Brady sing at home and mm. I get so frustrated all the time because he just sliding up and downstairs, bro, oh. just running, you know, and <laughs> Dean is crazy. he crazy with us. You know, there's always room for improvement. And mm. there's been plenty of times where I didn't think that, you know, about myself. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I've peaked. Mm. And uh, I look back over the past few years and there's always things that, that get better. So I'm excited to, mm. you know, always discover those things, I think. It's interesting to you say that because there has been that that journey and that improvement that you can hear like you know going from like from like you know 20 i think your first week was 2018 like going from going <laughs> yeah, going from there to now like <laughs> yeah you, you can hear that but i at the same time i think that you've always been quite good at embodying emotion and you're talking about having your sound like your voice on the mem i feel like you that's kind of it seems like it's been quite a natural pocket for you uh, one of the places that um i was really just like just knocks my bloody socks off when i was listening to it again was obviously <laughs> the, the soda sessions yeah. uh, which is a fantastic series that you did with converse and the last the most recent one you did with ruby jackson which by the way, thank you for putting me on such great artists. I was, I was listening to, to her like earlier in the week. Fantastic. She's crazy, man. But some of the runs you were hitting there and, and, and that rascal, there's, there's one bit where it's like early and it's just like this, for no reason, you're just like, you go, everybody, I, I can't do it. I can't sing like that. There was, you didn't need to do that. You, there was no reason for you to do that. You did that. I did it because I was with Ruby, bro. I was like, I just mm. need to like, do, 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 do. At, At some point, because I know she's going to, She's gonna rip me, bro. Like mm. she's so amazing. Mm. I, I hold her in very high regard. Oh, well, I mean, I can see why. No, she's incredible, and and, and so so is everyone else. Billy Marie on, and and who would um first on it was um Cyrus, and Cyrus as well. All fantastic. Tell me about the soda sessions. Like, like how like what 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 was the um what was the inception of the idea? I, I know I know a few tidbits about the the back and forth, you know, converse uh. things and all that. You know, what I mean? <laughs> Not really, but I'm curious to know kind of where the the idea came from for you individually and how developing that has been. Man, I've wanted to do soda sessions for the past two years, to be honest. And, you know, there's always been an EP. You know, last year I did my first EP and a mixtape as well in the same year. So it was a big year output for me. And I just wanted to collect all that and also needed to, like, release those songs from, like, my mind and my, my body, man, because I'd had them for so long. Um, so I just haven't had the chance to, to kind of execute these and... I'm a big believer of things happening when they're supposed to happen. And I think that was supposed to happen this year as well, because I took a bit of hiatus from releasing, but you know, soda sessions were happening while that was happening too. But it really came, it stemmed from, you know, having so many homies that make music and just everyone playing crazy demos. But it's always like, 
oh, I got this song with this with this pop girl, but it won't come out because it's too this for me or it's too this for them yeah. or, you know, just for whatever reasons, people might have their next year of releases planned out or whatever. So there's just yeah. amazing gold sitting on people's hard drives. So that was my main focus. And I also have a lot of brilliant conversations like, you know, at home at the home studio or just in that hour before a session starts where you have this really honest artist to artist conversation, which is both dictated by similar experiences, especially if you're in the same scene or, you know, even talking to someone like Ruby, who's in the jazz scene and that's has yeah. a bit more of a live aspect and, you know, just differentiating that stuff is, is really interesting to me. And I kind of like the idea of, you know, being able to ask people questions. And I think the thing that frustrated me about some PR settings was the questions were so like, pre-prepared and shallow and people would drop these gems and it's like you are one door away from like learning so much more about this artist if you just capitalize and segue you know we've taken yep. so many side notes because you two are so good at your job oh, and nice i just story. i'm missing that in in conversation so i wanted to bring that into the soda sessions as well so sure. yeah man it's like just two years really wanted to do it yeah man just i'm just happy that everything happened when it was supposed to happen this year because it, it felt really good and even Billy, like I hadn't met Billy before that, but I've been such a big Billy Marie fan. So I was like, yeah, wow. please get on like my most R&B song with me. Like, yeah. and she was the only one I asked too. So she was just, you know, down, down and for it. So it was good energy, man. Like blessed to be able to do that. Yeah, no, that's wild. I, I, uh, I genuinely appreciate the sentiment there of of cutting away all the sort of clinical nature of, of some of the things that exists here sometimes and to be clear that's not to disparage because there's there's so many different contexts in which certain pieces of media exist but uh it's glad that we're able to oh sorry it's glad that you're able to uh get, forge that opportunity for people to present themselves and, and their content and their media in a in a different way in a different context too and uh, uh another thing that i really like about it as well is that you know i look at artists like those and i look at artists like you and i look at like just genuinely any artist I enjoy and I, I have that thought all the time of like I wonder what is in the vault like I wonder what they're sitting on that could be the most phenomenal thing that we've ever heard yeah. but for whatever reason and most oftentimes it is branding and it's image and it's that whole idea of like uh, you know we spoke earlier about you're not actually an R&B artist in that sense like like that's kind of how people identify you sometimes but you like to infuse a whole bunch of different things but even just people's perceptions of artists and those artists then not wanting to break too far out of that for fear of it potentially not being received or uh, even just for fear of it being so different that it alienates their audience in some such way like it's really great that you're able to give people an opportunity to express those things and get those songs out there. yeah and that was the point too and you know we were talking about hybridity of genres before as well and i think the more that you know, we're in a time where everyone has access to everything and you know more about things like people's favorite artists, like everyone's top five is so niche now because the mm. access is crazy. Yeah. Like you can really curate your life. It's not dictated by like what CDs are at, you know, X and Y. So I think the freedom in that hybridity is, is like really important and it's becoming more normalized in like all music. You know, we've had country music with trap hats and pop music with hip hop drums and mm. now you know, a Yachty drops an album, which is like hip hop with like psychedelic mm. fusion stuff. Like mm. it's all happening and it's all, it's all beautiful, you know, like people not having rules about that thing. And I think people learning so that you can like take people on that journey with you. And, you know, as artists, we, 
it's like a battle with the ego sometimes, mm. you know? And I guess I have a bit of a privilege of like, you know, I have amazing fans, but I don't have this diehard fan where it's like trippy rare, like where's the next album of like mm. Dark Knight Dumbo or, you know, they're expecting this mm. thing. So when I see Yachty do albums like he just did, I'm like, this is so cool because I'm a big believer in at least like the intentions for creating art. Like it's okay to be selfish about why we do those things. And mm. if that's what your your body and your mind or the context that you just experience wants to output, then let it be a hybrid of everything. Like mm. it's nice to be alive in this time for sure. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm curious to know one, one thing that, um you know, before we got, before we um turn, to hit the mics, you know, um, we're kind of talking a little bit about how like, you mentioned in interviews before how you consider yourself an overthinker and all that kind of stuff and how it's, it's I think partially, part, it's partially because the context that I always see you in is generally like something cool is happening. I'm curious to know, like uh, in regards to actually your origins with music, cause I just known you as an artist the whole uh, time, you know what I mean? What's actually, what's the journey there, both from a creative point and then from a mental emotional point? Cause obviously every time we talk, it's always like, it's, it's, it's you're clearly like a very deep thinker, you're clearly someone who, <laughs> withdrawals out so you don't you don't i i don't get introvert vibes in our interactions but mm. from how the way you think and from how you from how you cook essentially there's clearly time away to like consolidate what's kind of uh what's a little bit of like that journey kind of coming up to music man i was really lucky like my my dad was very musical play guitar around the house a lot um you know got introduced to a lot of like stevie wonder marvin Gaye, and then like random country records and John Mayer, James Morrison, Jack Johnson. Like that was the kind of stuff my parents would play Sunday mornings around the house. I did a couple of musicals when I was when I was younger as well. Cause you know, at that Same. point I just, yep. I had the the inkling that I wanted to be a performer, you know, yeah. um, before I knew that I wanted to be a songwriter and an artist at the same time. And I was always someone that really loved writing like creatively, reading a lot when I was younger. So I think and that's something I miss. Like I don't read a lot very much and I, and I should, you know, but um, that looking back was something that really prepared me to become a good songwriter. Like just enjoying writing short stories or, you yep. know, doing English in school. Like I was really drawn to that and yeah. watching that turn into a context of storytelling and songwriting is just like, if everything happens for a reason, then like I've, you know, I fell in love with creative writing so that I could be a good songwriter. And at the end of high school, I started doing like these singer songwriting lessons with this like country music couple who, you know, I will always credit as my mentors on the coast, Gina Jeffries, Rod McCormack, and they're super bluegrass roots, country roots, but I was going there on Tuesdays to this beautiful studio with other kids my age. And they were like, this is what syllable counting is. This is what song structure is, sure. you know, stuff that sounds really whack, but it'd be like, take this Dua Lipa song, here are the lyrics, we want you to rewrite it with a completely different melody yep. or vice versa. Like just random exercises that would really help me understand like the structure and like the scaffolding of songwriting so that like the art of breaking it creatively is is possible, you know? Sure. So, you know, I wrote, I did my 10,000 hours there of writing all my bad songs and figuring stuff out and- yep learning where my percussive melodic rap kind of crossovers happened and so i was super lucky to you know have this amazing you know country music is so based in storytelling so yeah it's poetry it was nice to bring that into an r&b space where i grew up on like trey songs talking about you know 
neighbors know his name for whatever reason but you know we're talking pg right now but yeah <laughs> you know you know that kind of r&b music and yeah. wanting to bring my love for that and, and storytelling in as well so all of that context love for writing country music you sure. know supportive parents man i've been very very lucky to you know now be at south by southwest seeing songs that i wrote and that i love which you know i was waiting to do for a long time yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about what you got coming next in a second, but uh, right before we get into that, I want to ask you a question that I asked uh, Miss Kanina earlier uh, yesterday. Because um, a, a little through line for for all three of us is that we all we all did musicals. We we're all theater kids to whatever extent. Theater kids are don't a go breed. looking on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I wanted to. <laughs> I it's wanted off brand. To ask, <laughs> I wanted to ask uh, for you that. That, that sort of experience being on stage in that context uh as i said with with miss canina not not entirely but for the most part it's a lot more it's a lot more buttoned up and there's there's a certain sort of approach to that that style of performance that mm. oh i mean it's vastly different to what you do now um how is that and and everything else that we've talked about here with uh working with the bluegrass country and like writing and all that how does that inform and influence your live show and what and what you bring to a stage just doing stuff like that, anything to be on a stage, you know, being in choirs or doing musicals, talent shows when I was younger. My mum would always convince me to go on stage, be like, this is good practice. Are you going to need it if you, you know, want to be a superstar? I love that. I love that. You know, and I, I would always see people with the wireless mic, uh, mics on and the packs on the back. I didn't know what they were when I was younger, but I just always wanted a pack on my belt, bro. <laughs> like, I was like, I just want to be Britney Spears or something, you know, I want to be that person. So you know doing anything where i was in front of a group of people like public speaking nerdy stuffing like like debating in school like that all helped me you know learn how to read a room learn how to make a room irrelevant and protect my like bubble on stage and have fun and vice versa be super open to giving them you know a lot of my energy for 30 minutes 45 minutes and learning how to allow myself to like get a little bit of that back and you know pat myself on the back and be grateful for the position I'm in like just the comfortability around performing and being front-facing in general you you know take 10% from every little time I was on stage or doing mm -hmm. anything and I still get nervous but I just I handle it better because of those experiences you know mm -hmm. and I'm super grateful I have parents that knew I was going to enjoy it you know yeah. and yeah had the right words to get me up there <laughs> yeah yeah no that's it's amazing to him man and, and um yeah like sh shout out yeah, shout out to your parents man shout out shout to parents, out who, parents are, who are man. like who, who believe in it you know what i mean like guardian angels yeah. for sure yeah 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 i mean unfortunately we're we're, we're running out of time unfortunately but i'll uh, because you know every time we chat we obviously could go for a whole day of course. and um maybe some days in the future you know i'm always in sydney i always in melbourne we'll, we'll, we'll link up off mic soon you know please um but um yeah for those um for those who are who are new where can we find you? What's coming up? And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's uh, what's the next show? Uh, I don't think I have any shows lined up right now. We just, you know, did a, a little nine-piece moment for South by Southwest. So we've been rehearsing hard for that. But uh, a little bit more music for the rest of the year, and you know, working on a project at the moment as well. So hopefully, we'll be uh, ready to show a bit of that next year. Get a little bit of R&B soul. Get into my my Badu bag a little bit. Hell yes, you know. Hell yes, I'll be around, man. We're always creating. And if anyone anyone's in Sydney wants to pull up to the Croydon studio with me and Finn, doors always open. I mean, see, classic, 
Classic brain, man. I was, <laughs> what what, what artist invites <laughs> listeners to the studio? That's so classic, classic. No, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, yeah, we'll be seeing you soon. Of course. Appreciate you both. Thank you for your, your minds and the conversation. We are I'm sure we'll have a million more of these conversations <laughs> throughout our lives and our careers. Definitely, definitely. Peace, y'all. <laughs>